Before we begin, please refer to the disclaimer and link in the podcast notes, and note that all opinions expressed in this podcast are intended for informational purposes only and should not be treated as investment or financial advice. Ethereum, the world's largest smart contract blockchain. It has really started to gain a lot of traction in recent years and it's growing before our eyes. One way that it's growing is via what are called layer two solutions. Nick from Collective Shift has written about this in a recent update for members. I'll hand it over to you, Nick, to sort of talk a bit about what inspired your latest update. Cheers, Matt. Uh, the main thing that inspired me to keep writing about L2s is because they are essential to scaling Ethereum. It's widely considered now that Ethereum is looking Looking to these other solutions to help provide uh, scalability and reduce congestion and just basically making the Ethereum network as easy to use and as fast to use as you know, using Visa. So this is a core pillar and it's why it's so important for us to keep covering it and trying to make it as simple as possible to understand exactly what they are and what I guess the value is and where they are in the process of being adopted. So one of the key things I found when talking to people in the space and even those who aren't crypto native is when you start throwing out words like block space, like gas, like L2s. I'm sure you might join with me here that it's actually such jargon and it's very confusing for people to understand exactly what the high level is. So this is what this post was inspired about. Uh, just trying to explain at a high level exactly why people want to use Ethereum and explaining how its product is what's called block space and people demanding to have their information, their NFTs, their tokens. If you're a project, you might want your NFTs, you might want your game or whatever secured by Ethereum. And to do that, you need block space. And Ethereum has one of the most highest secure block spaces, which is why it's incredibly in demand and fees are so high to use it basically. Yeah, thanks, Nick. I'm sure a lot of Collective Shift members really appreciated, you know, your, your breakdown of it in this post. And yeah, important to keep covering because it's happening before our eyes. These L2s, layer twos keep, keep sort of growing and that demand for block, for block space, sort of the sources of demand are sort of changing before our eyes and important as just investors or just enthusiasts of the space to understand that mm. dynamic and how it's changing and just sort of on those like changing dynamics of where the demand for block space is coming from. Could you maybe just walk through how the L2s are really sort of playing into this demand space for, for block space? Yeah. So at a high level, what an L2 does is it allows users to use Ethereum without directly using it. So it sort of builds on it and only the most important data is then settled back to Ethereum. So what L2s are, uh, they can settle vast amounts of data back to Ethereum. And this is where a lot of the demand comes to use Ethereum uh, is starting to become uh, more predominant. Originally, as I mentioned, it was really these smaller projects, users, tokens, and DeFi platforms and dApps that are building on Ethereum that are the largest demanders of Ethereum. But now what we're seeing is... Uh, L2s are becoming really big demanders of Ethereum block space. And block space is just the space on a blockchain that can run code and store data. So as we can see in maybe a Dune Analytics dashboard here, we can see the percent of gas that's spent by these L2 platforms um, is growing rapidly as a percentage of, I guess, total Ethereum gas. This was a trend that 
was kind of negligible to start off into 2022. And there's even other uh, reports that have come out from A16Z that showcase the rapid rise of these Ethereum blockchains that are starting to be really big demanders of Ethereum. And so at a high level, I think what we're seeing is the demand, the people who are demanding Ethereum will be shifting and we'll start to see these Ethereum platforms and networks you know, be that big demand into the future. Um, if we look on these charts, we can see that it was about 1% in 2022 and then you know below 1% in 2021 when these solutions weren't really available. So we're seeing rapid rise and this is a trend that I'm seeing and keeping a close eye on. And I think we're only going to see this trend grow much higher in the coming years. Yeah, that's a, a great chart you saw a reference there um, from A16Z in that report they, they recently issued in uh, in April of 2023 and, you know, really sort of, you know, indicating how, how this is changing and it's important to understand because, you know, as users of optimism or, or users of, of Arbitrum, you can you can better understand just, hey, how, how important is this sort of, you know, if you're participating in the optimism ecosystem, you can, you can get a sense for, you know, just how big is this relative to sort of other areas of demand on the Ethereum layer one blockchain, but then even in comparison to, to other L2s. Um, so Nick, could you maybe just talk about, you know, why, you know, why this demand like is increasing? Like, is, are there any other, factors at play like maybe something to do with like future airdrops or do you think you know it's a genuine sort of need by the average person to you know go up to these l2s and and use them for their cost benefits yeah i think it's probably a combination of both because there is a lot of like quote-unquote airdrop farming which is happening in the space Uh, but we're also seeing i guess a lot of more organic activity and people who were originally using the Ethereum L1 are really starting to adopt these L2s, especially as a lot of the common DeFi platforms that you would have used on Ethereum are now available on these other chains. And it is becoming much uh, simpler to use, basically. There's going to be a major Ethereum um, upgrade that's coming out towards the end of the year, which will make the cost to use these um, Ethereum-like networks even cheaper to use. So as of those uh, fees trend to zero and it becomes negligible to actually use these Ethereum networks um, and the bridge costs are much lower, then we'll probably see more and more users continue to use these. And at a high level, it just really matters because uh, as the title suggests, it's a glimpse into what the future of Ethereum is where uh, especially maybe moderate users maybe start use L1 or only very high profile or high net worth users will directly use Ethereum But if you're a smaller user, you may not even realize that you're using Ethereum because uh, it might be abstracted by things like Coinbase who are using Ethereum-like networks, uh, but all you're seeing on the front end is Coinbase. So it's a really interesting dynamic here. And uh, there's a good meme as well where you have, I'm not sure if you've seen The Simpsons where it's like old man like yells at cloud, but uh, it's going to remind me of the times I think where we had to pay vast amounts of money to use Ethereum and it's going to be a really ref- cool reflection maybe in a few years when uh, a lot of people, we might be saying back in our day, you know, we had to spend hundreds of dollars on gas for particular <laughs> transactions or NFT mints. Uh, but hopefully that should be all uh, a sign of the past in Ethereum and a really glimpse into where the future is going. 
Yeah, no, well said, Nick. I think, um, yeah, we will be looking back, similar to probably how the early Bitcoiners look back on, you know, these 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 items that they spent in Bitcoin that are now worth, you know, if they had kept it millions of dollars or US dollars equivalent. So uh, it's all all part of the the fun here, or, or at least that's what we keep telling ourselves. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll also just, uh, you know, give a shout out to a, a resource we, you know, use, you know, every, every, every other day, I reckon it would be within the analyst team here at Collective Shift, uh, known as, uh, L2, L2B. So, you know, no affiliation with these, this site, just, uh, thought, you know, give them a shout out. Uh, they are constantly sort of updating their site and, you know, they have a lot of great even information about the alternative types of risks on all of these L2s and even just looking at, the vast amount of L2s these days to Nick's point earlier, you know, it was only about 1% of sort of the gas spent on, on, on block space, um, you know, about a year or two ago. And that sort of correlates with the list very early days on L2 beat was only, you know, single figure sort of networks. So I will share in the description below, uh, as I get up on my screen here, just, uh, a, a video that Leon uh, put together earlier on L2Beat where he sort of walks through, this was August last year, he sort of walks through, you know, how to use it and what sort of the information that is displayed on the website, what it's sort of telling you. So just thought I'd give that a plug because uh, I know you're a big user of that one as well, Nick. Yeah, it's a great site uh, and it provides uh, really good use of, um, usage statistics and even shows how uh, many transactions per second are, you know, these L2s at the moment, which a lot of people would be shocked to see that they're still so infant and a lot of the transactions per seconds are still lagging behind, you know, other major networks. Mm. Uh, maybe to wrap it up as well, uh, one thing I thought was important to look forward to in the post is this idea of the continued growth of um, L2s being a strong demander of Ethereum block space into the future because we're really only seeing uh, a few of these networks that have went live Um there's a lot more to come in terms of maybe ones with more sophisticated technology, which are more unproven. So we got things like Starknet who are really struggling to adopt um, users, but they're still awaiting a lot of major upgrades to happen on the chain to make it more usable. And then we've got things like ZK Sync Era and Polygon, ZK EVM. We've got things like uh, Coinbase, their L2, which is still only in testnet. It's still very infant. And even things like... Uh, Consensus, the company behind um, MetaMask, their scaling solution is in testnet as well. So I'm expecting a lot uh, more to come to end of the year, especially once we see these big names in crypto enter the L2 space. Uh, demand for Ethereum block space should only increase via you know these networks who are using it. Yeah, no, exciting, exciting months and, and years ahead. Uh, there's a lot more to come. I think with with L2s going online and the existing ones, you know, continuing to upgrade. Uh, their their code bases. So, yeah, we will uh, wrap things up there, Nick. That was um yeah really good touching touching base on on the state of L2s and reiterating sort of why why they matter and the significance of them as it sort of is a glimpse into the future as your title sort of pointed to towards how Ethereum the blockchain itself plans to scale. So we will wrap things up there for anyone wanting to learn more about Collective Shift. Head over to the website at collectiveshift.io. And I certainly recommend that you sign up to our free weekly newsletter. Uh, you can access that at collectiveshift.io forward slash newsletter.